Welcome back. We have another installment of the Bench Mob Podcast. This is episode 20 of season two. We have about, what is this now? Overall, 30, 31 episodes in? We we getting on uh, that no button level. We just want to start. <laughs> this episode 370. Hey, if he, if he doesn't want that Spotify contract, we'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the bag, and we can worry about the particulars later, uh, for sure. How are you doing today, man? I'm tired. It's been a long day, long weekend. You know, fantasy didn't go that well. For all those people who have James Conner, I feel your pain. It was rough. It was rough. Yeah, we're we going to talk about my fantasy didn't, didn't go too hot myself, um, but – we're going to start off the show. Uh, I got to give some love, some props to Naomi Osaka, um, the young tennis player. She won the U.S. Open, which is her second one, her third major overall. Uh, the reason why I want to shout her out, yeah, she played great, but she used her platform. Every match she had, she had a mask with a different name of somebody that was killed, whether it was Breonna Taylor, um, Trayvon Martin, she had a different name every single time. Um, this generation, uh, even some of the older people, but especially this generation, she's only 22, 23 years old, to be using that platform for that level um, and making sure that there's awareness what's going on. I just wanted to shout her out, start the show, have to give her her props, have to give her her love. Um, she is Japanese and Haitian. Um, Haitian, fa- Haitian father, Japanese mom. Um, she embraces all aspects of her culture, all aspects of both sides, which I think is dope. I think is great what she's doing. And after every match she won, she was rocking the Kobe Bryant jersey. I mean, this girl can't miss in her interviews. She's making sure that she shares the knowledge. She shares what's going on. She shouted out her ancestors for giving her the strength to get these wins. I mean, she's a definitely a bright young star that for the years to come, only 22, 23 years old, and she has the wherewithal and the knowledge to, you know, realize this is a bigger moment than what's going on. I think it's huge. So that's just how I wanted to start off the show, give her a shout out, because everything is still going on. Black lives still matter. Um, we still getting killed by the police, still haven't seen justice in a lot of cases. So shout out to Naomi Osaka again for doing everything that she's been doing. I'm a, I got a shout I got to shout out Adam Gase just cause somehow this man has turned being a coordinator for Peyton Manning, who is already a hall of fame quarterback into two head coaching jobs one with the Dolphins and then they saw how bad he was kicked him to the curb but then months later or maybe not even months later right after they fired him my Jets decide this guy he gets it after playing him for more than a couple years they think that all right maybe he'll figure it out here in New York but it's just it's it's not a good look because he everybody knows he's bad. Literally, all the talk shows say 
it's not a matter of I mean, it's just a matter of when he's going to get fired. It's not a matter of if. He's going to get fired at some point this year. Hopefully before September's over. I wouldn't mind if he's not – he doesn't finish the season as the coach because he's clueless. He calls a terrible game plan. He somehow made Sam look worse and not better, which that was the main reason he got brought over here was we we're thinking that, all right, he's this – this genius, he's got these plays that work well with Sam and he's going to take Sam to the next level. But no, he's he's almost made Sam expendable and that's, that's solely on him. And now I'm seeing everywhere people calling for maybe if we lose, we tank, we draft Trevor Lawrence and with that number one pick if we get it. But I just, I don't know. Somehow Adam Gase has fooled two owners into thinking that he was the right man for the job. And it's frustrating as a Jet fan to see him run out onto the field every week knowing that there's a lot better coaches out there that could do a lot more with what we have, even though we don't have that much right now. But, geez, it's like he doesn't make it watchable at some point. Well, since we are already on the topic of uh, the Jets and the NFL Week One, um, outside of the Jets' current situation, what were some of your uh, biggest takeaways from this week? Uh, any teams concern you outside of the Jets? I, we only know, you know, is is Week One, but uh, some teams definitely stuck up the joint. So, what some of your? I would definitely say Lamar's. He's still the real deal. The Chiefs are still really good. <laughs> uh, who else? Cam Newton is going to be fun to watch in New England. Uh, who else? Speaking of that, real quick, with Cam, do you think that's going to be something that can actually be sustained? Though the what was it, fifteen run attempts? I mean, I don't want him to run it that much, and then he's taking he took a hit on that second touchdown. That like. One, a guy who's taken hits his whole career, I don't know if I want to kind of make him take any more. Because he's good. He can pass. But you don't want to, like, eliminate the running threat. But I feel like if I was a coach, I would tell him, like, all right, maybe, you know, slide a few times here and there. You know, that'll that'll help you play a little, little longer. And that's kind of been the knock on him is that you don't know if he'll last – as long as some of these other quarterbacks like Tom Brady doesn't run and he's about to turn 50 at some point before he's done out here and cams, they, they gave up on him and he's, he's not even 30 yet. Like that something, something happened, but I mean, that was one of the the bright spots of week one. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the mustache and the long hair is, is fun to watch. I like, I like Gardner Minshew, but the Colts, they they showed that no matter who you bring in, you're just going to be average. You're not going to be contenders because Phillip Rivers isn't going to do it. I mean, if you're losing to the Jaguars, who basically removed all the good players from their team and they still beat you, then I don't know. You got to look in the mirror. I would give, I would give them Monday and Tuesday off to think about <laughs> 
think about the week that they had or the day that they had on Sunday. Yeah, I think that speaking of that game specifically, that can't happen where, yes, Garden Minshew is good, but for Garden Minshew to go 19 out of 21 in completion, they made Gardner look like the second coming of Peyton Manning. Like, that was terrible. Um, shout out to the Eagles losing in the Cowboys division to be up 17. What was it, 17-7 at halftime? It was 17 nothing to start the game, and then they just never scored after that. 27 straight points, 20 in that second half for the Washington football team. That was unacceptable. Something that I want to talk about, uh, one of the takeaways, also one of the most disappointing games. Granted, they played against a very good Ravens team, very good Ravens defense. Is this time for us to have a discussion of um, getting rid of Baker Mayfield? Because they've changed coaches, and the only thing that's been the constant right here so far in all their struggles for the last three, four years has been Baker Mayfield. I think I'm going to compare him to Lonzo Ball. Like, they both went into the draft with, like, all this hype, all this success in college, you know. But they just haven't lived up to it. Like, Lonzo came into the league. They're thinking they're comparing him to Jason Kidd, even though the shot's been broken. And he's still trying to figure it out. And I don't know what to say about Lonzo at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm lost just because pretty much most of the guys drafted after him have had like so much more success, like Tatum. That's something that the Lakers will probably regret, especially if they face off in the championship and they lose to Tatum. That, that's basically that pick slapping you in the face because Lonzo's not even on the team anymore. But with Baker, he came into the draft. He won the Heisman although he was a short quarterback who somewhat mobile, not, I wouldn't compare, I'm not going to say he's a mobile quarterback. He can run a little bit, but he's not running away from guys. He's like Aaron Rodgers. He'll, he'll run when he has to, but I mean, Baker's just, he's not as good as people thought he'd be, especially if you want to take a guy at number one, that guy has to produce. And he, he did his thing his rookie year, but, since then, it's just kind of been a downward spiral, especially since he's gotten more weapons on this team now. He's got Jarvis. He's got Odell, Chubb, Hunt. <laughs> like, they got tight ends and Joku, Hooper. Like, if, <laughs> if you put Sam Darnold on that team, that team's a lot better than what they're doing right now. That's the thing that irks me about, like, the Sam Darnold hate is that if you look at the team, it's not – I wouldn't want to put my quarterback out there with what he has. But Baker has no excuses anymore. Like, people made excuses like, all right, it was a new system, new coach, trying to figure things out last year. And I don't want to hear that excuse anymore. You're a third-year quarterback, number one pick. They brought you here to be the guy, finally, for Cleveland, first time in – I don't know, since Jim Brown was playing, they've had a, a decent quarterback, but I don't know. Baker, it's early. This is basically like a preseason game for some people. 
So I, I guess you get a, a, a break a little bit for this first game. But, I mean, that division goes to the Ravens, and they, they put up no fight. So Baker's not going to be there for that long, I don't think. I just want to know who, like, shout out to his agent, whoever has him signed. He has commercials on top of commercials on top of commercials. And typically, in past, you had to produce. You had to do something good. You had to win to get these commercials. And you see yesterday, you see he's on Hulu Sports now. Hulu has live sports. How is he on another commercial when you haven't produced anything? Uh, so I don't think it lasts as long. Um, I think it's going to be a situation where you see Odell and Jarvis not believe in him anymore. And that's where it's going to be like either the Browns going to make a decision they don't want to get a trade, as you saw. Um, Allen Robinson, he wants to be traded. Shout out to Mitchell Trubisky for some that crazy game for him to end up throwing the three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to get the Bears that win. Um, that was another crazy takeaway. Adrian Peterson played well. Transitioning to like the Monday night games, how'd you view those two games going out? And just, just before you start, speaking of fantasy, before you even get there, I don't like the Steelers, bro, because they – I had Saquon. I had Saquon. I, yeah, good I, defense. I, I didn't know that they would lock him up like that, but I get it because I'm, if I'm them, I'm going to force you to beat us in the air. Like, Saquon's too good to not stack the box and, and really put pressure on him. So that made sense. Like, he didn't have any rushing yards – through like three quarters. He had like negative yards. But they that's going to be the game plan this year for the Giants is they're going to force Daniel Jones to make plays, and we'll see if he could do that. He, I mean, he has a lot more weapons than other quarterbacks in New York, so let's see what you could do with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they messed me up. Titans end up pulling out that game. Uh, I think – I think um, they – I saw the Titans put up on Indeed. I was looking at Indeed today. They had uh, a job offer for a kicker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I three, know he yeah. was like one for five. Like that game should have been over. But all those missed field goals were just – That extra point? Yeah, it's just an extra point for some of these. Like I don't get it. Three missed field goals and a missed extra point. Four times you missed. Like I think it's on Indeed. He got he probably got update his LinkedIn now. It's not that many kickers in the league. I don't know how many more chances he's gonna get to do stuff like that. Um, another game which I didn't call it, but I thought it would be closer than most people thought. Kyler Murray, as I said that. Hopkins going there was going to be huge for him. Hopkins went off 14 for 151. Um, they was able to pull out that game against the 49ers, which doesn't bode well next week for your Jets. I believe y'all played them, so they're going to probably be extra uh, extra motivated, a little angry. Hopefully we come out ready to go because this week was – it was a rough game to watch. How was your uh, fantasy this week? 
I know I went 0-2. The one one league where I had I was close and almost won, I forgot to bench Deshaun Watson. And guess who I had on the bench? I had A-Rod and Russell Wilson on the bench. I don't know. You you got to make a trade at some point. You can't have three of those guys on the same team. You got to get something from them. I forgot this. I forgot to mention. I because of COVID, I've been keeping up with the days. We did a show, and I'm like, oh shoot, hold up, wait. Deshaun Watson interception. Oh, the game is today. Yeah, you would have been the last of those quarterbacks I'd have played because Russell Wilson was playing the Falcons and. They never defend the pass. And then Aaron Rodgers is basically just going to air it out. And I think he put up the most points, honestly. Like, he looked good. He looked like the old Aaron Rodgers again. So, that'll be fun, too. That'll be an interesting team to watch this year because they didn't really get him any help. And they drafted his replacement. So, he might come out and dark horse MVP right there, honestly. I'm going to stand that. I'm going to say that right now so we can pull this clip up four or five months from now when he does win MVP. Um, how, how'd your fantasy go? Uh, it was rough. I won two of my games, but the other, like, three or four I lost, mainly because James Conner, you know, a little wind, and he's done for the game because he's brittle. He's he's as soft as Charmin, I guess, because I was thinking that he's gonna have a bounce back year, but out of the game in the second quarter, ankle sprain, and then his replacement rushes for a hundred yards, which makes it worse. Now you you don't know what's gonna happen with that backfield. You just know that if a guy runs that well, you're not gonna just give it back to the guy who keeps getting hurt. So we'll see. I, I'm hoping that they give it back to the guy that gets hurt because I'm invested. I got him on like five of my teams. So I got to I gotta pray that they give him another shot, but it's not looking good right now. And I got to – it's a long season, but it's not off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping mine turn around. A couple – I could have won at least one of them. I just forgot – switch the lineup um we could transition into looking at you feel me later later this week at another episode to see you know forecast the games next week to see who we pick and fantasy and things of that nature uh we're going to transition into some basketball we have been waiting for the WNBA playoffs to start the regular season we kind of knew the top team that would be in there um it wasn't that much competition really uh, you know, it's really top heavy. The playoffs is here. This first round, which is happening tonight as we speak. Um, what do you see in this first round? Who is your pick for the champion in the WNBA playoffs? I know I'm going with my Sparks, but I'll be surprised. Won't be surprised if Las Vegas pulls it out. Yeah, I was going to say either Las Vegas, I got. Because that's tough. You got Asia Wilson, McCourt, McCautry, or I forget how to say her name. Angel. Yeah. Angel. Yeah. She, she's still balling. So that team is going to be really good. And they're still – they're coached by Bill Lambeer, who – he's a good WNBA coach. So – but I like them, either Seattle or 
see. Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix, they got a they got a big three. So you'd think that that big three would be kind of tough to beat with Tarasi, uh, probably one of the best, if not the best, to ever play in the WNBA. And then you got the big woman uh, in Brittany Griner. And then you got Skylar Diggins, who everybody loves some Skylar Diggins. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I, I got them as a dark horse team. Um, I don't see them having any problems beating the Washington Mystics tonight. Um, it would be interesting who they end up matching up with that next round. Um, I see them as a dark horse. I'm super biased. I'm picking my sparks. Candace Parker, Simone Augustus, Tia Cooper. Um, the team is stacked to me. I like how they rock, how they play. I like that they're getting into their groove. They're getting their chemistry. Um, so I think I'm choosing the sparks. Uh, I think the key with Seattle, though, it's great that they got the bye because Sue Bird re-injured a knee. So that's going to be a huge, huge thing for them. Like, they struggled with Sue Bird out of the lineup. Um, and it's, you could pass. They could coast through the regular season like that. But these playoffs, if Sue, Bird, yeah, if Sue Bird isn't there, I see them. If they get the wrong matchup, they, they see the Sparks or they see a, a Phoenix Mercury squad with two guards right there. Uh, Tarazi and Skylar Diggins-Smith, you – Seattle's going home. Um, so, that's how I see that panning out. Uh, right now, Connecticut Sun is up being Chicago Sky. Uh, we have right now going on in the NBA playoff, the Heat Celtics. Heat Celtics, the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to talk about that. How do you see this series going? Who are you picking to win this series? I feel like it's going to be similar to the Raptors Celtics series. It's just going to go back and forth. You're not really going to have a, a grasp on who's going to win until towards like the end, like game five or six, maybe one of them pulls away, but I could really see this going seven too, because these teams are evenly matched. I feel like the, they got a big three in Boston, the heat are deep. So now it's just a matter at this point, Who's playing better at this point? And if I had to pick, I would probably pick the Heat just because they have Jimmy Butler, who kind of his dog mentality sort of goes into everybody else on the team and just <laughs> they're able to do it. They, they make plays. They, they play well with him. And that was an upset beating the, the Bucks, But even I didn't think that it would be that easy. I thought they'd beat him, but I thought that, you know, Giannis and them would put up a little more of a fight. But that just showed me that the Heat are dangerous. Like, they got Bam, who's taking that 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 next leap. You got Tyler Hero, who he's fearless. Rookie, he's only 20 years old, and they're giving him these <laughs> crunch time minutes like this, which most teams – you'd be afraid if they weren't like a top two or three pick to give them minutes like this. But I mean, that just goes to show how good he's been and shout out Kentucky. Cause we breed them over there. We breed them well. Um, but Jason Tatum, this is, this is a big series. Like I was talking about like Celtics Lakers in the finals, but 
I mean, you got to worry about what's in front of you. And right now, Jimmy Butler's in your way of making a, a finals run. So we'll see. He's their best player. And this is where you need your best players to step up is in the playoffs. Just like you need Kawhi to step up. And oh, we're going to talk about it. We need, we need uh, <laughs> elimination Kawhi to, to come out because that, that man is deadly. Look, oh, try, trust me. We, we're going to talk about it. Oh, trust me, we're going to talk about it. Transitioning real quick before we even get into that, because that, that's, that's a whole thing that's coming. There's so many ways we can look at that. Yeah. Transition to the flag on the play segment. Y'all already know the deal, accept or decline. I'm going to run down some uh, topics. Let me know how you're feeling on these. Some controversy coming. I feel it. <laughs> Last week it was Odell and the, you know, the, the number two. That's not his number, but I don't know if he likes. He a number two wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> number two wide receiver plays for the Browns. Kind of works out. Roy Jones and his feelings about his fight coming up with Mike Tyson. Um, I don't know. I want to pass it, but I guess I'll I'll accept it. I want. I'm interested to see what what this is about. Roy Jones came out. Uh, he was quoted as saying he think he has possibly made a mistake to fight Tyson. Thought oh, so. He probably went on YouTube late night and was watching his old old highlights from when he was knocking dudes' heads off and thought, maybe, maybe this was a bad idea. I don't, I don't need the money that badly. Look at his highlights now. No, because he's been training, and I don't know. Like, I feel bad for the guy who has to wear that thing around his stomach to take those punches because I would go home and just don't talk to me. I'm, I'm laying down. I'm going I'm to sleep for 15 hours and then go back to I'm – contemplating, I'm contemplating her life. Yeah. See? I mean, that's the other thing. Forget the videos. Let's look at them on Instagram right now. I I haven't seen no Roy Jones workout videos. I'm I've been seeing Mike. And I I personally want what I want no smoke when it comes to Mike. Me personally. Next one. Jimmy Butler is making some money in the in the bubble. Hmm. I guess I'll accept it. I'm, I I didn't hear about this. Miami Heat all-star forward Jimmy Butler has been selling his own coffee for $20 in the bubble to the other players. That's, that's a smart investment. People need coffee, and it must be good if he's selling it for $20 because I don't, I don't spend $20 on coffee. That's, but they got a lot more money than us, so they could. that's nothing. They'll, they'll accept those tax prices, but hey. Jimmy, let me let me get some of that coffee too. I, I'll take some because I I drink it. If you got decaf, I'll take it. <laughs> Twenty dollars. That's that's hefty. That's like you said. That's not in our uh, it's not in our price range right there at all. But shout out <laughs> gas money right there. <laughs> uh, next topic. Um, <laughs> John Wall, Sue Wu, accept or decline. Uh, I'll accept it because I've been seeing a lot of funny posts on like Twitter and Instagram talking about some like 
Calipari the goat because he got him to wear blue for for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, he's been doing that for years. I don't know why people are making a big deal about it now because he does that on the court. So, but I guess it was in a setting where you know there's a few other members present that were encouraging the the signs to be thrown up. And hey, if that's what he does in his free time. All right. That's fine. But once somebody records it and puts it out there, then that's where you got to kind of do damage control. Cause there's a lot of kids that look up to John Wall, just like most NBA players, they look up to you. So, I mean, if my mom heard that LeBron was banging blood, I probably would not be able to watch these Lakers games if I was that age, but now it doesn't matter. But <laughs> John Wall, do it, do it behind closed doors. Do it where the cameras can't find you. Yo, that's my takeaway from it. Your boys, whoever, who let that get posted? That who, who, we yeah. not. Now he almost has to go everywhere and be like, yo, I'm going to have to, you know, confiscate the phones if you're going to be in here with me because I don't need anybody ruining my rep, making me lose money because y'all want to, you know, Sure, I'm with John Wall. Look what he's throwing up. Sell it to the highest bidder. So that's where you just got to be smart who you're around. He's probably, he was probably around some people who, you know, might have done it for this attention. Like, I know some people who, I mean, it might have been a mistake, but you can't make those type of mistakes. Not, well, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's searching for something. Yeah, last one we going to touch on uh, Ezekiel Elliott's Feed Me Belly Tattoo. Mm. Accept or decline on that one. I mean, I'll accept it because he got two touchdowns. So it, it's a valid tattoo. It fits. I mean, it only, it only makes sense if he lifts his shirt up every time he scores now. Like you got the tattoo to show it off now. Even if you're up 30 or down 50, you got to show the show to feed me, feed me. That's it. But, hey, we, we've seen Dak some, some confidence because he, he was looking sorry late in the game. And speaking of Dak, I don't know if he's worthy of that Russell Wilson Mahomes money if he can't even pull out a game that was basically gifted to them, I feel like, because they just – they could have pulled away. They didn't go off through a, a pick. I don't know what Dak is doing. Like, Dak getting three and outs with, like, five minutes left when you have a chance to drive down the field. And you got this stacked res- receiving core. You got Zeke. You got a line somewhat. So – I don't know what Skip said, but I don't know if there's any excuses to be made for Dak anymore. This is year four. You got to either – you got it or you don't. The three for 13 on third down, that's what was terrible. First half, Dak had about like 150 yards passing. Second half, he only had 79. And he had what, what 10 for 21 or something, something crazy like that. Uh, that loss is on Dak. Um, I don't think we should have went for it on fourth and three. Just say, it can't be all on Dak. It's also on the call, the play calls and the coaching because 
I was sitting there. I'm like, all right, they're going to tie it up. One, it was questionable third down. You run it right up the middle. When you could have you play action, gotten more yards, maybe even got the first down if you already had it in your mind you were going to go for it. But even in that situation, I wouldn't have gone for it. Just seeing how the game was going, just tie the game up and let's play defense. Like the defense was actually playing okay against golf. Seeing as like you lost a couple linebackers already, you cut haha. I don't know who's playing safety, but I don't know. Nobody knows the name, but I mean, that D line is what really is going to carry y'all right now on defense because Shout out. Smith is nasty. Everson Griffin's nasty. I mean, y'all brought Randy Gregory back. But once you get past the defensive line, you don't really, besides Jalen Smith, I don't really know any of the guys on that team. Maybe a couple cornerbacks, but even that, they need help in the secondary. So, Yeah, shout out to Aldrich Smith, who hasn't played in five years. He looked real good. He looked better than Demarcus Lawrence, who was the $21 million man who really didn't show up. So it's a lot to be desired from week one as a Cowboys fan. Um, also, just keeping it in the same light, it's a lot to be desired, I feel, from that Tampa Bay Saints game. Um, what was your thoughts on Brady? Uh, a lot of people were saying Brady looked – he looked old. He looked like he had um, a noodle arm. looked like he didn't have the strength of – anything it didn't look good I think that Brady I mean people have been trying to say Brady's looked old and washed in games like last year even though he had a good season towards the end it didn't look that good so then coming into this season all the hype you'd expect a better performance but you can't even blame it because no preseason games you're going up against New Orleans who has a, a really good defense now and I mean Mike Evans was dealing with a hamstring injury he only had one catch and that was a touchdown towards the end of the game so you're already down one of your best receivers best players on the team so I can't really blame Brady we'll see after next week see what happens because I mean if you go 0-2 with all the Super Bowl hype that they were gassing the Buccaneers with then you start to worry about maybe yeah father time is you know he's he's saying it's time time you know maybe time to hang it up because you can't play forever sure can't and it's a lot of weapons there and it's a lot of expectation for that squad so they need to like I, said, I think it was just a bad matchup to start off with no preseason no OTA no camps to start off, and oh, it's a new system, new coach, um, to have that chemistry with your wide receivers and stuff, it wasn't there yet. Grok was mainly used for blocking. He didn't have an impact on the game. So it was just, I think, it's a bad first game. There was no chance to really have chemistry. But somebody that has been able to have chemistry is the L.A. Clippers. At this point, chemistry should not be an issue at this point. The fact that they are in game seven, I have my own thoughts on that. What are your takeaways from the Denver Nuggets being able to push it to a game seven to the all-great L.A. Clippers? Uh, I mean, this is the second straight series the Nuggets have done this. Jokic looks like 
mean, he was a top 10 player on our list, and he's showing why. Like, he's carrying this team. And the fact that they were up big in both game five and six and then blew the lead and just – it just shot, it's shocking, honestly, because it doesn't make sense to me how a team like this with as much depth as they have is having trouble with the Nuggets who, I mean, their own guy called his best players out couple games ago and I thought things would unravel after that but it kind of galvanized the the team and I wouldn't say they rallied around him because I mean it's not like he's throwing up 30 points but Jokic is he's really just I during the season he'll have games like this and then he'll have a game where it's just like 14 12 rebounds you know six assists and then it's just an average game but right now he's like full full joker right now because back-to-back what 30-point games flirting with triple doubles the last couple games too it's tough and you can't even blame the stars of the Clippers either like Kawhi put up 25 last game Paul George put up 33 last game like who else is gonna come and help them out like Trez isn't really a factor right now Lou Williams I don't know what's what's up with him Patrick Beverly, I mean, he's never really been a threat, but if you're going to talk, you got to be able to walk the walk. So let's see, because he was talking a lot of stuff. And I'm sure he's always talking a lot of stuff on the court, but he better not say a word in this game because you you better be focused. Whole team better be focused. Even Doc, you got to be focused because this, you saw that clip of Phil Jackson saying how many times this Doc Rivers coach Celtics team had lost in the fourth quarter. Well, it's almost like deja vu because, I mean, it's happening again. He's losing games in the fourth quarter when they're up in the crunch time. And and it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Like, you have a, a great team, probably the best team remaining, but yet they're the only team still playing in the conference semis right now. It doesn't make sense. But We've got tonight. Uh, I want to say Clippers. I want to say Clippers, but um, would you would you bet on that one? No, I haven't bet. I haven't bet in like three weeks. I took I took a hiatus off of giving my money away. But if I was betting, I would definitely take the Nuggets with the points. Like it's at plus seven and a half right now, and. I mean, the Clippers haven't really shown me that they're going to cover. It could be a close game, which I'm sure a lot of people are betting nuggets with the points. But you got to see if Kawhi is going to come out and play. And he's it's got to go through him and Paul George. They got to carry the load, hope that these guys hit shots. I would definitely play Shamit more because he can spot up and shoot. He's a three-point shooter. Like, put these three-point shooters out here. Maybe go small. I mean, Zubak, I'll give him credit. He's been playing well this series. But I don't know. Like, you just need to create some mismatches. And he's it's a mismatch on defense for the Clippers when he's out there because he's not – he can't guard Jokic, clearly. So put – Nobody. Nobody in the squad could guard him. No, because Trez struggling. Jermichael Green, I mean, he finally came out of 
witness protection these last couple games. And that might be the guy that you play in these lineups. You play somebody a little more athletic. And he, he's a big guy who can stretch the floor. So I'm, I'm looking to see what they do. But I, I do see something's got to give in this game for the Clippers. I mean, because the Nuggets, they're playing with house money. They're not, they're not even supposed to be here right now. And the nugget, looking looking at the Nuggets, it made me think of that uh, Donnie McClurkin song. They fall down, but they get up. We yeah. fall down three one, but we get up. Like that's they, basically what's happened. They, I mean, back to back years, they've done this in the first and second round where they bring it to Game Seven. But now it's like it's a one game playoff. It's a play in game basically. You're playing to play the Lakers, and if I'm a Lakers fan. Um, I'm knocking on wood for them Nuggets because I don't know if I'm really afraid of them. But at the same time, they don't sleep on them because they've beaten the Clippers, who probably are the biggest threat to the Lakers in the NBA right now. But they're struggling. So, I mean, LeBron and them get the must-needed rest. I mean, AD... LeBron coming back fully healthy for game one. Maybe they'll win a game one in this this round finally. We'll see. Um, let me I'm I'm gonna break this down. Cause everybody, the Clippers supposed to be the biggest threat to the Lakers. You got Kawhi putting the commercials out, it's a new king in LA, all this, all this talk, the interviews, Patrick Beverly, all this stuff. And they good. They really, to me, if they don't close out this series, they're really magicians. Cause they had everybody fooled because they had me fooled to like, Oh, they might be a threat. But if they're struggling with Jokic, what you think they're going to do with AD? AD is going to have a field day. If they pull out this game, they struggling with Jokic. AD going to have a field game. Game five, 16 point lead. Lost it. Game six, 19 point lead. Second half. We're not even talking about the first half. That don't matter. It's 19 point lead, and they lost it. They haven't been able to close out the games. I think, even though Kawhi had a good stat line, Paul Drews had a good stat line, they got to be held culpable, your stars, because they're not putting an end to the bleeding. The Nuggets start making a run. Where's, where's PG? Where's playoff? Where's playoff Paul? Where's, where's you know, Mr. Robot? Mr. Even Kill, where, where is he at to put the end to the bleeding? And if they don't get it together, and let's say they pull out this game, I'm really not concerned now because Lou Will and the sixth man of this year, Montrez Harrell, has not shown up in the bubble. They averaged them together, averaged about 45 points in the regular season. Right now in this round, this round, they're only averaging around 20 together. Only averaging around 20. I think, you know that, what's that song? What is the talking about I left my heart in San Francisco? Lou Will left his heart at Magic City. Since he went to Magic City, Lou Will ain't been the same. He, he really is Lemon Pepper Lou right now because he's not playing like Sweet Lou. He's playing like Lemon Pepper Lou right now. And I love it. This is beautiful to me because all this talk and all this, oh, LeBron can't do it. Oh, Kawhi's better than LeBron. LeBron not going to be able to get the number one seed. LeBron, LeBron, Kawhi's better. 
if they can't get out this series, what do they do? What? How do you see this Clippers team panning out? Do they? I don't think they'll blow it up, but we're going to have to have some type of discussion of what. Well, the team's going to look different next year because I don't know if they're going to pay Trez all that money that he's going to get because he's a free agent after this year. So this is really a big window for them because I don't know if they're going to be able to find a guy like Trez to bring that energy and all that he brings for them next year. Because you'll see, I mean, there's been a lot of glue guys who leave and the team doesn't do as well the next year. That's just how it is. There's guys who their impact is more, it's not seen in the stat sheet. It's seen in the win column. So you got to win. That's the name of the game in the playoffs. It's really simple, but they, the Clippers have made it look so hard. And ever since the families were dancing, they, they fallen apart. They, they thought it was over and here we are. I got the Nuggets winning. The Nuggets playing with house money. The Nuggets going to pull this out. They don't have nobody to stop Jokic. They have different points. They even had Paul George trying to guard him. That tells you something. Zubak, he's been playing well, but he's been getting he's been getting put on the barbecue too. Then Trez come in. He's been getting barbecue too. And if, well, if they somehow pull it out, what you think AD going to put them on the grill, it's going to be barbecue chicken, shrimp, ribs, everything. It's going to be curtains for them. I don't want to hear none of this talk for the rest. Pat Bev can't – I love Pat Bev. Pat Bev can't say nothing this whole summer. He can't talk. I don't want to hear the interviews like, oh, when the Lakers win, well, we were there. Nope, I don't want to hear none of that. They better win tonight. Or we – I'm going to have a part. I see why. Everybody wants the Clippers, but that almost betting wise, when people want a team to win so badly, it almost it doesn't make sense for you to bet on them. So I'm not, I don't want to, I wouldn't bet on the Clippers tonight just for the fact that I'd be too worried about them covering the spread because money line is not worth it. It's like minus 330. So if you're going to take it, you got to take the spread. And I don't think they could cover it. Maybe first half. Because they seem to play well in the first half, but break down in the second half. They are front. They they front runners. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because this team is going to look different. Like they have Trez this year, probably gone. They have Marcus Morris right now, probably gone. Who else? I mean, you don't know about Zubac because they're not really that invested. He's just a center at this point. He's not somebody you really want to give a lot of money to. So he could be gone too. So now you're down three guys from this deep team and you got to try to figure out how to fill those holes. And sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you find guys who fit with a team, but sometimes you bring in guys who have absolutely no fit with the team. And that really could set them back, especially, I mean, these deals are expiring deals. Like, Paul George is only here for so long. Kawhi's only going to be here for so long. So, I mean, you can't waste time. That's why, I mean, the Lakers are going to go after somebody next offseason. Kuz, you might have to be a funny guy somewhere else. But um, for the Clippers, this is their best, like, shot, I feel like. 
because Golden State comes back next year. And if I'm the NBA, <laughs> people already giving awards out to Damian Lillard, saying he's a better shooter. I don't know if Steph could do that. Steph might win MVP next year. They got Clay coming back, Draymond. He's got his boys. Now he could play angry and not look dumb because he doesn't hit shots. And then they still got that second overall pick, which is crazy. Like a team that's a three-time champion basically took a year off because, you know, Steph got hurt for – well, Clay got hurt first, then Steph. So then this was basically like a – all right, let's – this season's a wash. We're not going to win. So let's, let's put our, our young guys out there and see what's up. And they that, that helps because then you see, like, Pascal from Villanova. He's a guy who's going to be there to stay. And honestly, I feel like he's the Draymond Green replacement because I don't know if I'm willing to pay Draymond $30 million if you look like you're shooting, walking into the gym class with a backpack on. You, you just It looks like it's too heavy for you. And, I mean, Pascal's a lot more athletic. And I feel like if, if I'm Steve Kerr, I would just send him film on Draymond Green in the offseason and tell him, like, I want you to write something about every clip that I showed you about Draymond and what he did on this play and what you could do. Cause Hey, he's, he's a lot younger and in these professional leagues, it's all about money. And when you could pay a guy, he's not even getting paid a million a season compared to paying Draymond 30 times that I, I think I would take the, the younger, more athletic version of Draymond than keeping Draymond. So I could see Draymond on the move at some point. He's the best screen setter, though. But is that, like, worth $30 million? Like, you setting the screen? He's getting what is open. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's nice. He's setting screens, and... He can pass to open guys. That's why his numbers look like that. But if you can't do anything yourself, then, I mean, you look really bad. Like, he didn't look good this year because he didn't have his guys to bail him out and hit these threes and these jump shots or back cuts. And then, two, he's never developed an offensive game. And I don't know why, but it's just never come together. Like, he, he'll hit shots one game like he did in game seven against the Cavs. And then he'll shoot air balls like he did all season last year. So I don't, I don't know. I don't see him being. He's the most expendable guy on this team. I think it's still that it's still going to be the same in regards of his offensive uh, output, even with them coming back because you you still got Wiggins there too. So he really, you you is really is not many shots he going to get anyhow. You feel me? So it'll work out. It'll basically be back to how it was in Golden State. Obviously, Wiggins is not KD, but in regards of the shot attempts between Steph, Clay, Wiggins, you got Pascal coming off the bench. Lee played good off the bench. Then you add in the mix, whoever the number two pick is or if they decide to trade it, Draymond might average 10 assists next year. You feel me? Like, he might. Not- but I also think it should be his last year in Golden State. Just if I'm like a GM – Cause like Danny Ainge, the way he runs his team, he doesn't like. Some people like to be like, "Oh, I want to keep this guy here for life." But Danny Green, he'll he'll cut you like nothing. Like Ainge, Thomas, 
like it was nothing. And that just shows you like it's a business. So, I mean, Draymond Green, he might be upset, but if I was the GM of Golden State, I'd already be like putting out feelers for like what people think. Like, yo, what would you give up for Draymond? Like if, if it came down to it, not even like saying that we're going to trade him just yet, but just seeing what you could get for him. That'll be interesting for him if they do trade him what his career will look like after this, you feel me? And a team where it's not, there's not many teams built like Golden State where you could hide and just, hey, I'm going to set screens, rebound, pass the ball, play D. It's not many teams in the league like that. So if he does get traded, that'd be very interesting. Speaking of, though, that it's a business, uh, we just have to talk about it. We talked about it through the phone. Mike D'Antoni, Speaking of as a business, he didn't even wait to get off the plane. Reports was that he told him while on the plane, look, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. I don't want to be here. I'm going to go elsewhere. And I've told you, to me, I don't think he should get another job. But Mike D'Antoni has this arrogance and his aura about him as if he's the, he's the prom queen at your high school that knows she can get whoever she wants. So she leaves the dude because I can get whoever I want. That's how I feel I view D'Antoni. And he's already in talks of possibly being a favorite for the Sixers job. Thoughts on D'Antoni? Thoughts on if he gets hired again? And where, as we just mentioned, where would actually be a good fit for D'Antoni? And I wouldn't say go back to Phoenix because they're good. They're, they don't need a, another coach. I like Monty, Monty Williams over there. But as a fit, I don't know. Because this kind of his, his philosophy of just shooting threes kind of fits the era, but he's got to just he almost needs to take a few years off or a year off, like Tip Thibodeau or Thibodeau, and kind of observe and take notes and try to modify your your scheme because you can't have one guy just ISO while four other guys are just standing there waiting for him to either kick it to them or for him to drive to the hole and you got to crash for a rebound. Cause I mean, like Kobe said, is this, it looks good. He it's commendable what James Harden's doing, but it'll, he'll never win a championship playing like that. Like you can't, you got, you got to at least sacrifice a few points. Like I know it, it looks nice on your resume going into the hole. Like I, I was a scoring champ three years in a row, but when you're, looking at a Barkley-like career where you are one of the top players in the NBA, but you can't get over the hump, you got to kind of, like, think and look because you're not getting any younger. Like, Harden's over 30 now. At some point, these moves and this way of playing is not going to work anymore, and you just got to pivot. That's the word I like to use. It's just you got to pivot from this point forward because – hey, this team could either get blown up or you could try to fix it with a new coach and see if that works. But it's kind of like the same thing with Philly. Like, they're on the verge of, like, tiptoeing between, like, do we blow it up or do we bring in a new coach and see if that that changes things. When, I mean, some people blow it up too late and that sets them back, like, a whole decade or two. But... 
with the Rockets, with D'Antoni, it wasn't a good match because they were just going to have them chuck threes the whole game. And, I mean, if you're going to shoot 63s and only hit, like, 30% of them, what good is that? That doesn't really do anything. And then you go to small ball thinking that'll solve something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, D'Antoni might be better off, like, being an assistant somewhere where that he might be more dangerous that way right now as an assistant, like bringing some of his philosophies instead of his, his philosophy, his philosophy being the only one. So, I mean, some coaches, that's what they do. They, they go and they, they coach under somebody. Like, I don't know if he'd coach under pop or coach under Kerr. He's too old at this point if he feels that way, but you, if you want to keep coaching, like you got to do something. And I don't see if, if he's not going to change his game plan, then I don't know if he's a good fit anywhere in the league. The fact that he's in conversations of getting another job, I think he's going to get another job. I don't think he deserves it. I think we've seen his whole career. He's stubborn. It's the same system from going back to Phoenix and doing it in New York with Lynn Sanity. It's the same system. He's stubborn arrogant we've heard in interviews and his responses I think it's just crazy to me anyhow he obviously thinks he wasn't the issue to not even you know they have end of the year meetings to if the you know if it's true what the reports are to not even get off the plane yet and be like yo I'm not coming back by the way peace don't even I just feel that he's not really he doesn't think he's culpable for what happened with the Rockets of them not reaching anywhere of what true success success would be for that team. Um, I like Chauncey Billups. I like Ty Lu. I like Sam Cassell, Mark Jackson, even Jeff Van Gundy as five candidates, five other options before I want to see D'Antoni on another bench. I don't think he deserves another chance not this year not next year I think let him retire go into the sun he'll go hang out with Phil and just leave it at that I don't think but that's just me I think he's gonna get another job somewhere uh we're gonna end off the show you might not care about this you know we talk about big bro little bro when it comes to New York sports any takeaways or thoughts from the Mets having a new owner possibly in Steve Cohen, who is right now uh, estimated he's $10 billion above and beyond any other owners in the league, which gives the impression that the Mets will be trying to be a high class, um, will spend money kind of like a Steve Ballmer of MLB. Any concerns of little bro getting uh, Steve Cohen as the owner? I mean, it's kind of like even if the Yankees weren't good, it's still a Yankee town. Just like it's all – New York's always going to be a Knicks town. It's always going to be a Yankees town too. So regardless, they could do whatever, have their little moment right now, but that doesn't really translate to wins, nor does it translate to championships. So, I mean, Steve Cohen, he's, he's going to be better than whatever – what's his name was giving him uh, – the Wilpons, who yeah. they've been – it's been rough. I, I'm glad I'm not a Mets fan because they've never been willing to spend on free agents. 
And that comes from bad deals with Bernie Madoff way back when, who cleaned them of a lot of money. So that kind of left them strapped for cash. But now they don't have to deal with that anymore. And I know Mets fans are like jumping for joy because nobody likes the Wilpons because they penny pinch. They decide if they want to pay their best players or not. Like it was a debate whether they were going to pay Jacob deGrom, even though he's the best pitcher in baseball. It's like, are you really going to let this guy walk because you're too cheap to pay him what he's earned playing for you guys? Like, I don't, I don't understand it, but yeah, I think Cohen, like you said, he's going to come in with a a fresh mindset. He's going to want to compete for championships. And that always boils down to like, you might have to spend a little money because if your farm system isn't that good or you don't have as much depth there, then you're going to have to get other people's good players. And I, I don't know if they're like a piece or two away, but the Mets could be good at some point in the near future, but they're always going to be low, bro. That's not going to change. It's, it's Yankees or nothing in New York. We sometimes you forget that the Mets are there. If you don't drive past their stadium late at night. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, they're fighting for a playoff spot now. I don't know if it's one or two pieces. I just think it's a good pickup for them, being that he's going to open a checkbook. I really think he'll be like Steve Ballmer of what he's doing for the Clippers. Uh, like when the Clippers was doing the pandemic, he sent them all personal gyms to their houses. Uh, you know, he's getting the Clippers their first arena that's only theirs. So I think it'll be something along those lines, basically, where it's just be a change of scenery in a sense. It'll be high class. He's probably going to make sure they have the best facilities, you know, the best training. He'll open the checkbook to get some bigger names. Will they make a championship? Tough to say. All depends on who they actually sign, but I think this is huge for them. Uh, some good news for them, which they haven't really been able to have in a, in a little bit since that playoff run. It hasn't really been any consistent success for them. But this is the end of this installment right here. We about to go watch the games. Uh, Celtics and the Heat in the second half right now. And you know we're going to watch that game seven. Nuggets, going to pull that game out and call it. Now we'll run this back, you know, when we do the next show and we talk about Nuggets, Lakers game one. We'll run it. We'll run this back. But y'all stay safe out there. Black lives still matter. Make sure y'all um, still wearing your mask, all that good stuff right there, man. But Bench Mob, we out. Peace.